0: To read Back to Reality, the best selling novel of the bestseller experiment by the two marks, go to Bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash Back to
1: Reality and subscribe to this podcast to get loads of extra bonuses. Go to Bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash subscribe. Let's run the show.
0: And welcome to the bestseller experiment, where we continue to discover what makes a bestseller and inspire you to start, finish, and publish your book. I'm Mark Stan. Before we jump in, a big thank you to our sponsor, Pro Writing Aid, the official editing software of the bestseller experiment. Pro Writing Aid, so much more than a grammar checker, it's a style editor and writing mentor all in one package. And what's more, ProWritingAid integrates with Scrivener and Word, Google Docs, Chrome, Safari, Firefox, OpenOffice and Outlook. It's designed for the smarter writer, which is all you lot. And as a listener of the bestseller experiment, you can get a whopping 20% off right now. Get your discount today over at ProWritingAid.com forward slash bestseller and a happy new year to you all now i'm flying solo today mr d is still on vacance with his family well that's what he tells me i think he's just overdone it with the eggnog Uh, but yes we're off 2020 is off to an amazing start not least because of the bxp 2020 challenge now do you want 2020 to be your best writing year ever do you want to write and finish your book do you want to create a lifetime writing habit well you can do it with the most exciting writing challenge ever. And it starts with you writing just 200 words a day. Pop over to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash BXP 2020 to sign up now. Now, what is it? What is it? What is it? Well, this all came about. As you know, long-term listeners will know, Mr. D, you know, he's struggled with his writing. He's a single dad. He's got three kids. He's got a job. He's got, you know, this podcast, all kinds of things. He's been trying to write books. And he found that by targeting himself just 200 words a day, He was smashing his targets. He was suddenly meeting those targets. And he's written more in the last few months than he has since we published uh, Back to Reality. It's just phenomenal. Now, we've tested this on our listeners. And they've done incredibly well, too. We did all sorts of experimentation. We found that doing that daily challenge, not weekly or monthly, but reporting every day makes all the difference. Now, 200 words. Why 200 words? It's about a page in a book. And if you do 200 words a day, you'll get 73,000 words in a year, which is a published book. It's a finished novel. And 200 words is 15, 20 minutes a day. It's the equivalent of two emails, six text messages. But this is the thing that mr d discovered it's the 200 words is the daily minimum he just smashes that every single day and we've been hearing the most amazing stories from our listeners now when i'm recording this i'm just a couple of days into the new year mr d sent me an email on january 1st and he says this is amazing over a hundred thousand words have already been submitted by listeners on day one which uh for the whole year that's about 100 million words pledged as well which is just phenomenal but we're hearing these incredible stories like we've got a dad who gets his nine and six year old kids up uh, to sign up to the challenge to write 200 words a day we've got a wife looking after a husband who's had a cancer operation and she finds she gets a mental health break with the challenge just to restart her novel which she had to leave and put aside for, for that time we've got a listener who thought there was no way he would find time to write on a bank holiday and he managed to sit down and write 800 words we've got a commuter who tried writing on a phone on the train for the first time and she smashed through a 200 word target in just half her journey. So it's working already. It will change the way you write. So sign up now, bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash BXP2020. Or just look for that hashtag BXP2020 on Twitter. It's happening, folks. It started. Get involved. Now on to our very special guest, a great guest to ease you into 2020 and get you inspired. And that is none other than Mr. Scott pack scott's name will be familiar to long-term listeners he's cropped up occasionally whenever we've talked about experts in the field whenever we've talked about great editors scott's name has crept up every now and then he's editor at large at eye and lightning books he was formerly head buyer at waterstones which you know is one of the biggest book chains in the uk and he's been a senior editor at harper collins he also has an editorial role at unbound and he runs successful guardian masterclasses for writers now i saw him in action earlier last year and a thing called How to Get Published at Foyles in uh, London. And he was worth the price of admission alone. And what he's done, he's written a book. He's written a book which is essentially his talk in book form, it's paperback, it's called Tips from a publisher, a guide to writing, editing, submitting and publishing your book. And it's got a quote on the front from an author, Queeve McDonald, who listeners will know is of this parish. We've had him on as a guest. And Queeve says, uh, shut up and listen to everything he has to say. I can't put it better than that. Um, So hang around. We're going to have the interview with Scott. And then at the end, I'll let you know how you can get 30% off Scott's book as a listener and also The How to Get Published thing is happening again on 8th of February in Foyles in London. I'll be there. Scott will be there. I'll also let you know how you can get 20% off tickets for that. So let's jump in now. This is me talking to Scott just before Christmas. Scott, welcome to the podcast. How are you today, sir?
1: I'm not bad. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Oh,
0: absolute pleasure. I'm very excited because there's uh, first of all, we'll talk about your new book in a moment, which is exciting, but. You're celebrating 20 years in the book world. Congratulations
1: to you. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm sitting here surrounded by party balloons and streamers and lots of... No, not really. Um, yeah, I, I just realised as I was sitting down to chat with you that um, it is it is 20 years since I moved from the music and entertainment world into the book world. Any regrets? <laughs> I have a few. No. Um, <laughs> uh yeah i mean lots of regrets but they don't they don't matter really um (laughs) depends how deep and philosophical you want to get no no it's been great and you know i wouldn't be here chatting to you today if things hadn't uh progressed in the way they had so no it's great I'm, i'm really happy with uh i'm very very lucky i've been very fortunate in my career and things have just sort of accidentally happened
0: let's talk about that a little bit because uh, i first encountered you you ahead of buying at uh, waterstones and for me the time you really came into my site was when we were selling shadow of the wind by carlos Ruiz Zafon, which is a wonderful wonderful book and i remember you championed that book for us mm. and uh you know really it 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 really helped propel that book into bestsellerdom and legend and and core stock and all the stuff that's ever happened since. And then you left Waterstones, you you worked as a publisher at HarperCollins, Mm -hmm. uh, where you worked in the the editorial arena and publishing. And now you're a freelance editor. And I saw you speaking as well. You do lots of talks and lectures. I saw you speaking at the publishing talk event in FOILs in 2019, early in 2019. And you gave this fantastic presentation, which is just one of those things I thought this is just essential for everyone who's a writer. If only everyone I knew could just cram in and watch this for 45 minutes. But then you said you're cramming it all into a book, which is out now. Uh, So it's a book called Tips from a Publisher, a guide to writing, editing, submitting and publishing your book. So how did the book come about? What made you think, you know, I've really just got to put this in book form?
1: um i sort of have to wind it back a bit to to explain i'll be as succinct as i can so i a few years ago the someone i used to work with had a job at the guardian working with the masterclasses and said oh scott have you got any ideas for the, of a class we could do and i was familiar with the garden masterclass idea uh they get so-called experts from different fields <laughs> in um and they do various you know they do you know classes that are an hour or two and classes that go on for you know weeks and months and i said oh the 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 thing i've always thought would be useful is if a publisher could tell authors how to submit to them you know how to perfect your Mm -hmm. submission because it's the weak link in an awful lot of authors work and he said great idea pull it together so i did that and i've now done that class i don't know Seven or eight times. Uh, In fact, I've got uh, another one in uh, March of this year. But to do that class, I had to put together uh, a class plan, a lesson plan, um, lots of notes and handouts, so the people who attend the class get this big thing. And having done it a couple of times, I thought, well, this could work as an ebook. And what you saw at that uh, at that Writers' Day was effectively the submission bit of these tips from a publisher book condensed because in the garden I do it for three hours and this is uh, uh, I did it for 45 minutes so I had all these notes and I self-published them as an e-book partly because it was just way too short to be traditionally published and also partly just to get my head around the whole self-publishing lark because I advise on it a bit but I'd never actually done it And then subsequently, I've done talks on the mathematics of publishing. I've done uh, talks on self-publishing, talks on how the publishing world works, all that sort of stuff. And one of the publishers I do work for, Iron Lightning Books, said, have you ever thought about collecting all this stuff? You do all these workshops and all these talks. Why don't you just pull them all together? So effectively, that's what tips from a publisher is. It's a combination of all the classes and workshops that I do plus lots of additional material that I've pulled together. So hopefully it's sort of a a, a one-stop shop for, for emerging writers.
0: Fantastic. You mentioned there that you self-published and you've already got how to perfect your submission. Yeah. It's already out there as, as, as an ebook. What was your biggest lesson from that whole self-publishing experience that that surprised you?
1: I was surprised at how easy it was to do. And what was interesting about that was as a, you know, I've been a publisher for many years and, and I know how hard it is to publish books traditionally. <laughs> and then I thought, well, you know what? D- this is so easy. I completely understand now why so many authors go this route. Because my ebook, which has sold pretty well, I saw it sold a few thousand copies. You know, I won't be retiring on the proceeds, but I never expected to, but I was able to publish it within like half an hour. You know, I had all the material together. I went on to to the Amazon website and it was up and I thought, this is really bloody easy. And Mm. no wonder so many authors decide, you know what, I'm not going to wait 12 or 18 months for my book to come out traditionally. I'm going to do it this way. So that was the main thing, actually, quite how easy it was. I was already aware that, you know, that awful word discoverability, it's very hard for people to find your book. But, you know, I have a few Twitter followers. People know what I do for a living. I was able to shout about it and yeah so that was the intro i thought oh maybe i'm going to learn how tricky it is or all the really difficult bits or all the mistakes people make but obviously you would hope being a publisher of several years i wouldn't make those mistakes so i wasn't going to put a terrible cover on it it was going to be properly copy edited and formatted all of that was done so yeah just it was remarkable how easy it was and that really opened up to me is like okay now now I really get it now I understand why this is a proper viable option for so many authors.
0: I wonder if you think that publishers should worry about that. I mean, we saw in the news recently, LJ Ross, already uh, you know a multi-million copy selling independent author, has essentially just set up her own imprint. And publish it, yeah. and she's gonna be getting her books into the high street now. Mark Dawson's doing the same. Mm. Uh, you know, you've got these people with huge followings, direct relationships with their readerships, and they're now appearing on the high street. If I'm publishing, I don't know, Lee Child or whatever, you know, should I be worried that Lee Child might go, Hmm, maybe I could do that and get seventy percent instead of twenty-five percent?
1: I think there needs to be an awareness of that, yes. But um, one of the things I say in my in the introduction to my book is that, um, however, I mean you know I've been in the book world for twenty years. It's probably been the most volatile twenty years in the history of the industry. Hmm. But one thing remains constant, and that is that unpublished authors want to be published, and the majority of them want to be published traditionally. They want to have an agent and a publisher. They want their book to be in traditional bookshops. And because of the way our industry works, the only way you can really ensure your book is going to be on bookshops is to be published traditionally. Mm. So yes, I do think there is, and I talk about it quite a lot in the book. I think there are great opportunities for self-published authors. And what we're seeing these big authors doing recently is very, very exciting, but it's, I think it's only ever going to be a small, a small percentage. And partly because one of the advantages of going the traditional route is other people do most of the work for you. Yes, <laughs> that's, that, that's the nice thing. You don't, you know, you just have to write your book and perhaps turn up at a few book events and do a few interviews. I think if you're Lee Child, then you know it might it might be tempting to do it all yourself because you'd get a much higher royalty and you know your books going to. There's no doubt that your books are going to sell. But also, if you're a leech child, you might just not be asked. quite (laughs) frankly, because you've got this huge corporate machine working for you and doing all this stuff for you, so so why bother? And I think um, it ventures in the book. I talk a bit uh, about self-publishing, and, of course, um, I know a lot of very successful self-publishers. People have had number one books on Amazon. The consistent feedback you get from them is – it's great when you've got a bestseller that you've self-published because the income is much much higher mm. than if I've been traditionally published but I don't get as much time to write. Mm. That's that's the key thing and the clue's in the name you're a self-publisher. You know there's no there's no writing word anywhere in that job title. Mm. So you're doing lots of things you're project managing. Now I'm sure Lee Child or you know whoever it might be can just employ lots of people to do the stuff for them. But they've already got lots of people doing that stuff for them at their publishing house. Mm. So it's an interesting one. I'm sure it will happen more and more. And it would be really interesting to see a big superstar publisher already established in the traditional world moving into this area. And I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if it happened. But I just think most established authors like the comfort of being looked after. Yeah. Um. Partly in an ego way, absolutely, and you and I will both have met authors with massive egos <laughs> who, who like that stuff. But also just in a convenient, in a, you know what, I'm just going to concentrate and write the books. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Other people can do the rest of the stuff.
0: So your book, Tips from a Publisher, this is aimed mainly at folks who want to be published by a mainstream publisher.
1: Not exclusively, no. I mean, it does cover self-publishing it looks at all the options basically so it starts out with an introduction to the publishing world so i explain how publishing works what the life cycle of a book is what the mathematics are behind publishing so how much does it cost to publish a book how much do publishers traditionally spend what sort of money can an author make from a book And I also look at the various business models from the traditional model through to crowdfunding, self-publishing, everything. So I look at all the options. And the idea is that no no one really tells you all this stuff. Hmm. So I've tried to put it all in one place. Then I look at writing tips. I mean, I I edit books for a living. So it's quite easy to give you advice on character and dialogue and plotting and stuff. And then I also look at revising and editing your book. And the, the last section looks at submitting and or publishing your book so if you want to submit to agents and publishers it tells you how to do that if you want to self-publish it tells you how to do it so the idea is if you're an emerging writer i don't like using the word aspiring author because if you've written something you're Mm. you're not aspiring you're an author yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) but um but an emerging writer if you're an unpublished writer or someone looking to to extend what you're currently doing then that's the idea it's it's uh it's like a one-stop shop all of that stuff so it would work if you're looking to self-publish it will work if you're just looking to improve what you've currently written but it's it really tries to 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 pull the curtain to one side so you can see what goes on in the publishing industry and there's quite a few trade secrets revealed in there as well which i may not get thanked for but you know i'm afraid
0: (laughs) (laughs) well let's uh let's go through each of those sections and let's pick out one top tip or one secret uh, that will hopefully tempt people to buy the rest of the book. So, what's your big tip or secret about writing?
1: Oh, so one of my big tips on writing is well, it's, I mean, it's, and I don't know if it's, if it's a, a secret as such, but um, it's that writing is only part of the job. It's the rewriting and revising and editing of your work that really makes it what it is. Mm. and everyone is slightly different in how they approach that, but something I've certainly come across an awful lot in my role as a freelance editor and also as a publisher is a a significant percentage of authors think that when they type the end Mm. for the first time, they're almost there. And I'd argue you're not even a quarter of the way there. (laughs) Um, So a lot – I mean, you're laughing because you know know how true that is. But you'll also have come across authors that think, oh, I've, I've done, yeah. I've done. You know, I, I, you know, I do a lot of freelance work, and I'm sometimes contacted by people who clearly have just finished their first draft, and they want the book edited. And I, much as I would love to take their money because it pays the bills, mm. I often have to go back to people and say, you know, it's just not ready yet. Yeah. Um, so, so the, the the big secret is that if you actually spend time revising, reworking, and redrafting your book you are already going to be in the upper 10, 20% of authors who are submitting because so many people don't spend enough time doing that.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, so many of our listeners as well, it's, you know, one of the greatest things we hear from our listeners is, I finished my book. Fantastic. And they, as you say, are way ahead of the game, but that is just the beginning. You will have to go back and edit and rewrite, which brings us, segues beautifully to the next section, editing. And I have to chip in here you are editor of one of our favorite authors one of our favorite listeners Queeve mcdonnell uh so
1: yeah it's um let bless his cotton socks oh yes indeed um, <laughs> and in fact he's he's given me a quote for the cover of the book <laughs> See, which is lovely which which basically says shut up and listen to everything he has to say <laughs> <laughs> which is really sweet of him it's a great quote to put on the cover of a and uh, yeah, no, he's, a, he's a, a splendid individual and I have edited all of his novels, yeah.
0: Mm. So
1: when, you, um,
0: when you're working with an author and editing, what are the common mistakes? What are the things uh, we, c- we could do better to prepare for the edit?
1: Oh, goodness. Um, there, are, there are a lot of things I see a lot of. One is uh, just use of cliches and stereotypes. Um, I think I, I did a Twitter thread last year saying if i see one more character run their fingers through their hair in the opening (laughs) page of a book i will (laughs) will throw my computer out the window there are lots of things that you just see a lot of so yeah common mistakes will be the use of those sort of cliches a character looking in a mirror uh, early on in a book um the classic one of you know waking up the first Mm. scene is a character waking up you see this stuff all the time the slightly more nuanced stuff that i see a lot are things like. what i call redundancy so you know as a writer you're you, you know you can be as verbose or ornate as you want but you don't need to tell us the same thing a few yes. times So, a classic example is i'm i'm furious about this screamed scott angrily you know yes. you see that sort of stuff a lot you know just the fact that a character is saying they're furious is probably enough yeah you you tell us they're screaming it unless you really want to uh you certainly don't need to put an adverb in there so yeah redundancy i see like i said absolute classic mistake and another one that really the use of names and pronouns and how that works so in dialogue for example in fiction people use each other's names far more than they actually do in real life yes (laughs) so uh, isn't that right mark Yes, it is, Scott. How are you today, Mark? You you see it. And even in like really established writers and lots of stuff that's been through the editing process. So a lot of what I do as an editor is try and point out to people what you're doing here only happens in fiction. (laughs) It doesn't (laughs) happen in real life. Sometimes that's fine because we have to remember that fiction isn't real life. You know, in real life, I know, well, here's a good example. I know quite a lot of people called Mark. (laughs) Uh, you have two marks Mm. (laughs) linked to your podcast you're not going to put four or five marks in a novel no because it doesn't make sense you actually create a slightly fake world where everyone has different names so that you so that your readers (laughs) understand what what's going on and there's an element of fabrication and falsehood about everything in fiction but at the same time you want it to be authentic and one of Mm. the things i try and do is that balance of what you're doing here doesn't happen in real life Hmm. and you probably need to tone it down a bit. So, yeah, um, overuse of names and pronouns, and also within the narrative as well. You know, you've got one character in a scene, you're describing what that character is doing, and you use that character's name 15 times. (laughs) You don't need to. Once you've established that it's Dave doing the stuff, or Barbara, you don't need to keep saying Barbara or Dave over and over again. So it's little things like that, and and often they are things that grammatically are are actually fine. But they are the difference between what an editor or an agent would see as slightly amateurish writing or a writer trying a bit too hard and the sort of relaxed, slightly more easy style that most established writers have. Yeah. Um, and an awful lot of what I do is just saying to people, don't try so hard. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to sound rightly. You don't need all these adjectives and adverbs. You can just rein it back a little bit. So, yeah, that's often what I'm doing with my edits is just saying, you know what, if you want to sound a bit more slick and professional, change this. And it's usually not that difficult to do. No,
0: no. I think a lot of that comes from a place where an author's sitting there thinking, are they going to get this? Are they going to get this idea? Let me just reinforce. Let me just shore up this idea. And very often as as an editor coming at it with a completely objective, fresh pair of eyes, you go, yeah, I got it on line three there's no need to keep hammering it home and again i i see that in my own writing as well it's like yeah i get it now i get it you know
1: well i found it myself when when writing this book because of course oh. this book is all about making a point and <laughs> you know occasionally and, and i've had a couple of beta readers who've been incredibly helpful and they've spotted stuff going you realize you've said this five times already right and i'm like <laughs> oh yes Okay. And partly, of course, the other thing to bear in mind is partly it's the structure of writing, because I've written the various sections and chapters of this book at different times and not in chronological order. So you don't necessarily remember what, you're, what you've written three or four months ago. The other thing, actually, another, another little secret, which I don't hear mentioned a lot, is, you know, let's say you've taken a year to write your book. You are undoubtedly a better writer at the end of that period than you were at the beginning. Yes. Just from practice, just from doing more writing. It's like anything. It's like exercise, like sport, whatever it might be, any hobby. You're better at it, um, which means you weren't as good when you were writing those early bits. So one bit of advice I always give authors is when you finish, go back and look at the stuff you wrote first.
0: Hmm. And you'll
1: look at it and go, oh, rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> or Oh, my God, I can see how I can fix it. So that, that's a, a, often a great bit of advice before you even consider getting anyone else to read it. You should reread your own work with the benefit of being a better writer now.
0: Absolutely. Now you've edited your book, it's time to submit. Uh, you've written yes. a whole book of this yourself, How to Perfect Your Submission. What are, they, what are the big boo-boos? I mean, like I say, you did a 45-minute talk on this, but let's, let's pin it down to one big boo-boo that sure. everyone makes
1: when submitting. Oh, the, the, the number, I mean, there, the, there are two that I would mention. One is very simple. If you forget anything else we've talked about in this podcast and you just want to um, submit, just read the bloody guidelines. <laughs> uh, every publisher will have guidelines and follow them and um, you are not the exception you are not the person who can ignore these guidelines because your book is special because what you'll do is annoy the recipient that's the over overriding thing the the the, the big one i always say to people and actually that uh, is is often the biggest surprise is do your research you should spend weeks researching who to send your work to you shouldn't just open up the writers and artists yearbook or, or do a Google search and then go up, oh, I'll send it mm-hmm. to this person because you know, there's a lot about a lot about submission is luck and timing. You don't know who's going to receive, you know, what what the mood of the recipient will be when they receive your submission, but you can do an awful lot of the heavy lifting by just finding out what agents represent, what publishers publish and research. And in fact, when I do my time, I mean, when I do the guardian class, it's three hours and The first hour of the class is before you even attempt to submit anything. It's all about research. It's all about finding out who does what and the best way to go about it. So research is is the big thing. You know, discover as much as you can about the people you think you should be sending your book to.
0: Excellent stuff. And then finally, publishing your book. Uh, What's your top tip there for publishing? I mean, is it largely if you've signed up with a publisher? Is it largely out of your hands or can you stick your roar in a bit?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. So if, if if you're being traditionally published and you've got a publisher looking after your work, and I go into that quite a lot of detail because this stuff you don't get to find out until you're published. And I really want authors to know what's going on. So most of it is out of your hands. And you will come across as a bit of a pain in the ass if you meddle too much. But what <laughs> I try and do is just, explain, Well, here are things where you can you know, push back or can ask questions. So, But most of it will be looked after by professionals. You're going to have a professional cover designer. You're going to have a professional editor. So if you're being traditionally published, most of it will be looked after. What you need to do is just speak up if something makes you very uncomfortable and mm. just let people know that. Yeah. And usually you will find a publisher being very accommodating, if you put it that way. If you say, I hate this cover, I don't want it, then you're going to come across as a bit of a pain. Mm. There are ways of framing these things. And then if you're self-publishing, the biggest advice I can give is you, 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 if you can afford to get a professional on board, then get a professional on board. You need someone who knows about editing to edit your work. And you need someone who knows about cover design to help you with the cover. Those two things are crucial because if you get those wrong, it's bloody obvious. Mm. You know, so many self-published books have terrible covers because they haven't gone to a a professional designer. And that's not necessarily going to cost you a fortune. You know, you can get a really good book design. I mean, the designers that do our book covers, at Iron Lightning books, will probably do a ebook cover for 75 pound 100 pounds something like that so you know it's not within everyone's budget but that's not a fortune and and an editor of course would cost more but you know i I just think it's an investment worth making and i often make the point that if you have a hobby you know if you go fishing or you play a sport or you like hiking or whatever you'll spend money on those things and you'll see them as a sound investment and you don't expect to make that money back You know, you buy some really good walking boots, you buy a nice kagool, whatever it is you're doing. And you're doing that because you want to have the best experience possible. And you don't want your feet to get wet and you don't want to get hypothermia, you know, all of that sort of (laughs) stuff. So if you're publishing a book, uh, and I'm not suggesting it's necessarily a hobby, you may be doing this in the hope that it becomes a career, but invest in the right tools and Pay someone to do an edit for you, and pay someone to do a good cover because it's it's a, it's an investment that's only going to uh, uh, you know that's going to repay. If you don't do that stuff, your book is is likely to 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 struggle. I think.
0: Mm, no, I think you are absolutely right. One of the things we've had a couple of our we've had listeners who've become authors and signed deals with traditional publishers, and we've had listeners getting touch online and what have you. And a, what I've heard a couple of times is, is they've expressed surprise at just how slow traditional publishing is and we hinted at this earlier you know so there's this big flurry you sign a deal everyone's excited and then nothing for months and they all start yep. to panic and they all start to worry that's um again it's that thing if you've been in publishing and you just take a step back it is a shocker isn't it how long it takes for a book to get published
1: yeah and, and it's something i address in the book i think it's really important that authors know this mm. so when i talk through the life cycle of the book i talk about how long everything takes So if you were to sign a book deal tomorrow, it's highly unlikely that your book would appear for 12 to 18 months. Yeah. And one of the reasons for this is actually down to retailers. Mm. So um, book retailers like to know about books a good six months before they're coming out. Um, They want to know what's coming up and publishers have to provide a cover, detailed information, and possibly reading copies six to four months in advance. Now, you can only do that if you've done all the background work before that. <laughs> and that takes several months as well. So although a book could be published, you, know, you, know, you or I could sign a book deal with someone tomorrow, and the book could be published in a couple of months, it's technically possible in reality it's 12 to 18 months because you have to tap into the retail cycles and, and retailers are not going to be happy if you jump in and go i've got a book i'm publishing next month i really want you to look at it and they'll be like, well I've allocated all my space i've spent my budget yep. it's got to be pretty special uh and often it's not so yeah the time <laughs> factor is really important and like i say what what one of the things i really am trying to do with the book is to open up this stuff so that you know what i'm hoping is writers who read my book before they start submitting before they they enter the sort of the, the, the world of publishing those sort of surprises won't be there they'll know it's going to take ages and they can make an educated decision do i want to wait 12 to 18 months because i want mm. to be traditionally published and bearing in mind that it may have taken you six to 12 months to find an agent in the first place yep. it may take that agent several months to find you a publisher so you know you could finish your final draft it might be three or four years before yeah. your book is actually in Waterstones. Assuming Waterstones even stock it, Mm. (laughs) that's the thing. So yeah, the slowness, the sluggishness of it is is painful at times. And and of course, what tends to happen is your book appears, and you need to start doing interviews and book events when you're midway through writing your next book. Yes, (laughs) and people often don't read. Oh God, actually, I've got to stop writing now, (laughs) and I only start talking about a book that I. I mean, I I've dealt with authors. In fact, I've interviewed authors on on stage who have clearly forgotten. (laughs) So <laughs> certain aspects of that—does that happen? Did I really say that? Because it's it's you know two years since they've since they've read it. So yeah, it's it's a it's a great point you make, and and the, uh, I don't want writer There's no reason why writers should be surprised by this stuff because mm. everyone in publishing knows it. So that's why you know I'm revealing these trade secrets. These are the um, another one, another really important one I talk about is publicity, and I use this analogy of a of a conveyor belt. So. Ideally, if you're traditionally published, you're going to have a publicist doing publicity for your book, which may Mm -hmm. involve sending review copies out to newspapers and magazines, trying to set up interviews. It'd be great if you could get on a breakfast TV sofa, that sort of thing. Depends on the book. But that publicist is working on books all year round, and the books are coming across on a conveyor belt. And they only enter their line of sight, their line of vision, a month or two before publication. That's when they start planning. And then they emerge immediately in front of them on the conveyor belt when the book is published. And then a couple of weeks later, they fall off the other end. So your publicist at your, at your publishing house is probably only going to work on your book for a couple of months and only for a few weeks after it's published. And then they have to stop because they have to look at the next book coming along the conveyor belt. And that's something that a lot of writers really don't know. And that's why a lot of established writers employ their own publicity person or, Hmm. or a freelancer who looks after that stuff, because once your book is six months old, it's very unlikely that anyone at your publishing house will be doing much with it. And that, I think, comes as, as a surprise. And in this day and age of social media and the way in which we discover things, so there, um, there's a wonderful self-published author I, I've done work with called Nicola May. Oh, yes. And her book, The Corner Shop in, uh, in Cockleberry Bay, became a number one seller mm, on Amazon and was massive. selling thousands yeah. of copies a day, one year, almost a year after it was published, and she kept plugging away as a self-published author, great marketing person, great publicity, and she got readers and got reason. It built and built and built, and it re- reached a critical mass where there was loads of word of mouth, and the book was selling incredibly well. If she'd been traditionally published, that would never have happened. Yeah. Because the publisher would have stopped publicity, two, three, four weeks after after publication. Is so it right? We're on to the next one. So that's something I think is really important that authors understand.
0: Hmm, absolutely. Well, this book, listeners, tips from a publisher. Essential reading. So essential that just before we start recording, Scott said to me, you know what, I can give your... Listener's a discount code. So we're going to do that. I can't give you the code now because we haven't sorted it out yet, but keep listening (laughs) to me and Mr. D after this and we'll have it all there. We'll have a link for you to get a substantial chunky discount of this wonderful, wonderful book. Scott, thank you so much for speaking to me today. This is just the tip of the iceberg, really. So um, it's all in the book. And uh, folks, if you can get a chance to see Scott live in action, live on tour, take it because he's a fantastic presenter. So Scott, thank you so much for your time and hope to speak to you again real soon.
1: No problem. Uh, an absolute pleasure. And I think if anyone has bothered to listen to me this far, they deserve a discount. <laughs> on the book. So I'm I'm very happy, very happy to set that up as a nice exclusive. But no, thank you for asking me. I think your podcast does wonderful things, and it's really great also to see the success stories of that, that it has engendered. So um, just congratulations on all you guys do. Wonderful. Thank you so much.
0: And a huge thank you to Scott for taking the time to talk to me. Now you're going to want his book. You are definitely going to want his book. It's available in paperback tips from a publisher. And if you go directly to iBooks, you can get that 30% discount. Now iBook is E-Y-E. Okay, not not Apple iBooks, but iBooks.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. And if you add the book to your cart, and then when prompted, put the code bestsellerXP and you'll get that 30% discount. That is bestsellerXP over at iBooks.com. I'll put a link in the show notes you can do it there that's amazing and also if you want to see Scott in the flesh and indeed myself and all sorts of other incredible people we're going to be at an event the How to Get Published event on February 8th Saturday February 8th 2020 it's an all day thing from 9 to 5.30 and it's at Foils Charing Cross Road and it covers everything how to get an agent how to build your online platform how to make the leap from writer to published author I shall be there but all sorts of other great people Beck Evans who wrote How how to Have a Happy Hustle, who we've had on the show. Nicola May, number one best-selling self-published author of 10 novels. And again, we've had Nicola on the show too. Scott Pack, you've just heard. Bella Pagan, who's editorial director at Pan Macmillan. John Reed, who runs the whole How to Get Published thing and as founder of Publishing Talk. He'll be there. There'll be me talking about the podcast. And Debbie Young, who's a self-published author and uh, author advice centre manager. So it's got everything. It's, it's a whole day. There'll be lunch there as well. And there's a whole networking drinks thing at the end as well. Absolutely essential. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can get your 20% discount off the tickets there. And that's it. Like I said, nice, easy episode to ease you into the year. Mr. D will be back next week. We'll have highlights from our live show, which we'll be talking about all sorts of stuff, our plans for 2020, our plans and hopes and dreams and yours as well, listeners. Now, if you've enjoyed this, please subscribe, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Get in touch with us. Drop us a line at bestsellerexperiment.com. You'll see a contact tab there. Uh, find us on social media. Uh, we're on Facebook at Bestseller Experiment and Twitter and Instagram at Bestseller XP. And if you want to support the show, please consider becoming one of our patrons. There's three tiers on Patreon. If you just want to support the podcast, you can be a pensmith for $2 a month. For $5 a month, you're a bestseller to be. You get access to the deep dive episodes of about 70 plus of those now. But for $10 a month, you get the whole thing. You're a chart topper. For that, you get the deep dives access to our exclusive facebook group uh, you get the episodes early you get all sorts of extra stuff and you can also submit to our one-page punch-ups and attend the live shows as well so do check it out go to bestseller forward slash support thanks for listening folks and like i said a happy new year to you all and this is it 2020 is the year it's going to happen and it's because of that 2020 challenge bestseller com forward slash bxp 2020 until next time Happy writing.